0: This is the Workplace Ninja podcast coming to you live from our summit in Baden with highlights, insights, and interviews.
1: So, good afternoon, and we are back with some new people on the table on day two of the Workplace Ninja Summit here in Baden. Some things fallen there, but we are continuing uh, recording stuff. Um, Harjit, you're still here? I'm still here. But interrupting because we have six people on the table and we have five microphones. Little- this is a podcast not to be missed. We got some awesome <laughs> folks here. So
2: hey, we got to try to drill into the, these guys here.
3: So <laughs> In- we,
1: what, who do we have on the table, Harjit?
3: I'll go first. Uh, John Vinsel. I'm product manager uh, on Windows AutoPatch.
0: I'm Aryan, I update stuff.
4: And I'm Ken, I work with customers that update stuff. <laughs> customers and he keeps yeah. us
1: up to date. Yeah, uh, but I, I know I know Ken for a while. You're from Belgium? Yes. You're from the US? US, Vermont. And I've Redmond. I'm
3: Redmond. Redmond. And you're from?
0: I'm around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hi, Peter. Vermont. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's part of our Vermont based team. That's 50%. We've got to open an office over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, 100% of Vermont's here right now, right? Uh.
1: Okay. 100% of that's the Vermont team full 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 still quality. still yeah. still yeah. here. Yeah. Okay.
3: Uh, Peter? you yeah, i
1: from uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, from the Netherlands. Yeah. But you're still here. Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, but what's the topic
5: for today? I think we're going to talk about updates. Oh. Auto patch, Windows update for business. Uh, Deployment. Deployment. updates. Yeah. Yeah. Arieet, w- so what what do we start with?
2: WSUS.
1: <laughs> What's yeah, that? Show, no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Okay. Oh, uh, nowadays, Can you, you're part of the theme of Autopatch, Harjit. What's that?
0: I'll let these guys answer that.
1: <laughs> okay. Who, who wants to kick in?
0: Harjit owns Autopatch and is going to tell us all about it. <laughs>
3: and, and then we will correct his uh, <laughs> errors. So... That's what you get for being
2: here. AutoPatch is an update solution where we help you automate and maintain patching of your environment.
3: (laughs) And for folks who don't know this, there aren't cue cards that he's reading that from.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we had a discussion with... um, Brian Dam. Yeah, Brian Dam. Brian Dam explained... um, updates within Intune, that's not updates in Intune, that is relying on the Windows Updates for Business Service, so uh, Intune is uh, getting in into the Windows Updates for Business Service, basically. And AutoPatch is doing more or less the same, but in a in a different way,
3: managing How yeah. How did you say that? I'll, I'll hop in on it. So, <laughs> all our technologies are basically built off of Windows Update for Business Infrastructure, right? So, yeah. it's a good thing Microsoft does, we are commonizing on things, so doesn't always seem like it, but we are. Um, and then you think of auto-patch as a great automation layer on it, trying to do more of it for you. So our, our ultimate goal ends up being is we want to be your patch admin. Not quite there yet, we're part of your patch admin, but our goal is we want to kind of displace that role so you can spend time and do other things. We know IT's overworked, lots of things they need to do. Who really wants to spend time on patching?
5: So we're basically outsourcing
4: patching to
3: To Microsoft as a
5: service, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool.
4: The difference is in who puts in the effort, I think. Mm-hmm. For AutoPatch is us, and Windows Update for Business is the IT admin yeah. that has to yep. put in the effort.
1: And if you are doing that, if, if you as Microsoft are doing that, uh, what is the experience for, uh, for customers on that?
4: Well, they basically enroll uh, Windows AutoPatch in their tenant, and then they add devices to an entra uh, ID group, which automatically adds them into the service. It will reassess them, actually, to, to see whether they are healthy or not. And, um, and then it will send patches. On the policies that were created by the service. Yeah.
1: So only one check mark, and then my complete desktop environment will be p- patched in a in a
4: uh, only in a good one, manner. Only one patch uh, <laughs> <laughs> or only one check is a little short, I think. Yeah, we a little bit more. It's a good little Yeah, a little,
3: <laughs> little bit more. I mean, so you know, in the, in the most basic solution, you do exactly what you said. You enroll. We just take it all all for you. You might set up one test ring where you have your your first users that we test stuff on, but then we distribute beyond that. But We know some enterprise a little bit more complex, so you can go and configure custom groups if you want as well. So there might be a little bit more you do, because hey look, I know when I I was at Microsoft, I did IT, two things I didn't mess with, factory floor machines, executives. Those get their own group, I think we all know that. Nobody wants the executive to to accidentally get the wrong thing at the wrong time. Um, So you know, flexibility there for you to create your own groups, uh, do that, but we also do a lot of simplicity for you if you don't want to have to deal with all that. We can go and distribute the rollout for you.
5: Yeah, and I think you, your team is really agile, right? Because uh, in the beginning of the first release, it was uh, only three rings, I, I believe, and you could, of course, uh, create some extra groups. But now, recently, the update groups were added, so you have more flexibility in in creating your own update rings. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah, yeah, up like but, yeah, When we when we kind of not kind of when we released it was you know heavy focus on quality updates with you know feature updates there um, we didn't do much with drivers m365 edge and teams we set some policies and defer to them what we learned quickly is people want to start adopting a windows 11 yeah but they wanted to adopt an 11 and then some different 10 you know versions because of hardware compatibility and things like that they're like hey for quality update we're pretty cool with you guys just rocking and rolling and distributing it out but we gotta phase out this deployment of Windows 11, so mm-hmm. can we get a little more controls here? Mm-hmm. So you know, we, we launched in July, uh, by like August, we had tons of feedback on what we needed to go do, immediately went into specking, flipped it around, uh, had a May, a May preview, then introduced that, uh, built off the restart controls and the, the scheduled installs that we already has to help add additional controls in there, and then we GA'd that in July, right around our one year anniversary.
5: That's cool. It's fast cadence, really fast cadence. Yeah, I mean,
3: the I, I love working on service stuff. I think is in the same. It's like, you know, I, I shipped operating system for a long time and I love shipping windows, but like the ability to, to turn code around in a service and respond to customer needs, it's, it's just amazing. And folks are, have been giving us a ton of feedback. We've been listening. We've been interacting with like communities that we work with. Um, just getting that feedback, feeding our backlog three months at a time—it's—it's it's just so much more fun in an engineering world.
1: And auto patch uh, in that case, uh, have, will that help to adopt Windows 11 instead of Windows 10? So the deployment experience will that much be be much better in uh, with auto patch? How how does that look like?
0: Yeah, that's a great one. I think. If you've ever tried to deploy Windows 11 with Windows Server Update Service or WSUS, whether using Man or standalone or other tools, you've got to be very careful of, hey, is it eligible? Hey, do I have the right drivers installed? No, I don't. need to go get the right drivers, import them, package them, and then deploy them, and then finally you can upgrade. And even then, the notifications, eh, and the timing and user experience, eh. With Windows Update for Business, Deployment Service, Auto Patch, any of them, because they're all built on the same infrastructure, great! You just approve Windows 11, whichever version you want, target it to a group, the eligible devices will scan, they'll get it, and even better, they'll be able to actually take it with a good experience, have a long grace period, and they'll be able to then have a good restart within it, so then it just shows up. And combine that with great email communication to your users and it's been pretty seamless from every customer we've talked to who hasn't hit an issue due to one of like five specific reasons.
1: Yeah, that was basically, yeah, you did a session on the deployment experiences, I guess, or that will be. Uh, was that a main message that you gave to people uh, that with all this kind of stuff, that the deployment experience can be much better than we have done in the
0: past? I mean, Windows 11, let's be very clear in this, you know, recorded podcast is just the best version of Windows 10. Like, yeah, we called it a new name, and yes, the UI experience is a bit jarring start menu. But there's two parts of that. If you actually look at the version, it's 10.0.2. Uh, every version of Windows 10 is 10.0.something. What does this really mean? From an app compat standpoint, that means it's the same because our apps are really just checking Those first two parts of the build number. Awesome. The second thing that it means is, great, the biggest difference is just around user experience. And we know users can react strongly to that. Uh, And the funniest story I heard actually recently from one of my customers is, we did a pilot of Windows 11 and we deployed it to some devices and we had to actually roll it back because of some issue that wasn't related, but they wanted to unenroll this user from the pilot. And their pilot users got mad at them for taking away Windows 11, because it had some features that they really liked and was helping their productivity. And I thought that was actually really funny because I had the same experience where I hated Windows 11. Admittedly, I had to take it long before it was released, so I hated it because it was also food. some bugs. <laughs> yeah,
4: the dogfooding dog of it was not yeah. great. Um,
0: join release preview, it's stable and supported and much better. Um, but it was really funny because I had that same experience where I hated Windows 11 at first. I was like, oh, I want Windows 10 back, I want Windows 10 back. And now I'm like, oh, Windows 10 doesn't have Copilot. Windows 10 doesn't have this feature. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is horrible. I miss my rounded corners.
2: <laughs> rounded corners. It's really
0: unimportant, but nice. <laughs> I actually disagree with almost most of the UX choices, but that one, I'm like, oh, it looks like Mac. It's great.
3: <laughs> and if you have a laptop, some of them have rounded corners on the screen now. Oh, I know. It's, it's nice. beautiful.
0: The, yeah. the parody. <laughs>
3: But I think, you know, good point to call out is just like, you know, me and Ken just got out of a session about accelerating Windows eleven deployments and mm-hmm. most of the people are just concerned about app compat and it it really is. We're seeing like ninety-seven percent through our Aperture and test based stuff. And a lot of the times that app that fails is is gonna fail for a lot of random reasons because it's probably some long like built long ago internal line of business app that's been kicked along for 15 years without any code changes. I used to work on the developer side of Windows and I'd talk to customers and be like, well, we wanted to update that. Well, what happened? You don't know where the code is. <laughs> like, Or the developer quit and no one knows anything right. about yeah, it yeah. and we don't want to disrupt our business, right? So those are the, the issues you kind of get into. And you know, hey, it, it is important for the business so you can't discount that for the business. But like, you take your typical apps, most of them will just work seamlessly, if not all yeah. of them. So it's it's a pretty it's also about supportability of the vendors for CAT applications,
4: for yeah. example. That's something we see quite often, mm-hmm. that uh, the CAT doesn't give you an, uh, a supportability uh, statement uh, because they obviously want to increase their business and want the, co- the customers to move to their recent versions. So Yeah, yeah. yeah m- uh, my experience is, is
5: not that different than uh, than you were telling. Uh, I, d- I remember one of my customers was... Uh, uh Rolling out Windows 10, uh, modern managed, Azure AD joined all, all the whole shebang and they were piloting Windows 11 mm-hmm. in a small group, and they didn't find any issue, and they just made a decision over now, not overnight, but to to stop Windows 10 enrollment of uh, deployment, but just go directly to Windows 11. So now
3: That's awesome.
5: the customer is uh, 100% Windows 11, modern managed, and so on. So
3: I think one of the one of the things we see, which becomes the more non-technical issue is like building new collateral for training your help desk right like mm-hmm. the yep. users might may or may not be you know jarred by an experience a lot of them actually have Windows 11 at home so the experience isn't there but when they call and something on their device doesn't work correctly and it might not be Windows it might be a third-party app or something mm-hmm. the script for the help desk needs to get revised the help desk yep. needs to be retrained to say no no don't click here or don't go here or don't go do that so the readiness for that actually you know it's I guess it's somewhat technical, but it's not the, the code technical aspect of it, it's just the readiness a- aspect of it. So we hear a lot of that going on, and again, that kind of came out of the session we were talking to the audience about it. Like, yeah, it's just, just readiness of the environment for it. But like we said, a lot of people just have it at home already, whether they got a new device or they took the update because they had a, a fairly new device already, and they're used to using it.
2: And for that, for readiness, we have uh, you know an onboarding kit uh, that we provide for marketing for our customers. It's got, it's got templates, right? It's got PowerPoint templates. It's got email templates. It's got all sorts of documentation, uh, studies, TEI studies, and stuff like that. So, IT admins in the organization can take that, can customize it to you know put their logo, put their information in, just quickly email it out to all their users. Hey, this is what Windows 11 is all about. Here's how you use it. You know, here's some cool features and stuff. And even the PowerPoint templates are there for them to. Uh, present in their own organizations, right? Like we do the sessions here at Ninja Summit. So we have the resources and tools. I
3: think you know that's kind of one of the interesting things we've learned over the past, you know, let's just call it a decade in Microsoft, right? Is like, mm-hmm. we're super invested in helping the enterprises be prepared for this too, right? I mean, again, it used to be like, here's a new disk, go figure it out type of experience. Now we're, you know, we're doing training. We have amazing docs. I love our docs because we can easily update them. People will say, yeah, this is unclear. We can turn around changes in a day where it used to take weeks.
0: We have App Assure for those people who have app issues. I love going to App Assure for different things, especially because we're like, oh, 99% of apps work. And if yours doesn't, App Assure. Yeah, It's like the best slogan ever. So, I was <laughs> that,
2: so I was, that was a question I was going to ask the two of you because you, had, you just had your session and you mentioned uh, what you were hearing from your session was some people were having application quite issues. Did you? Do they even know about, or are they leveraging AppAssure or TestBase? <laughs> well,
4: sixty-five percent of the people okay. they said that they would do manual testing of their applications. Yeah. So that was actually the highest number. Okay. Um, so yeah, we introduced TestBase in the session, which is pretty cool because right. you can actually automate the entire process of installing the application, do functional testing of the application. It will be recorded in a video format. You will Mm -hmm. have a log file as well. So you you have all the information available to see and to find out what is the issue and and how to fix it.
2: So shockingly that they have these issues, but they didn't know that they could
5: leverage us, Microsoft, yeah. to help solve
4: those problems. Yeah. And that's a service, that's based? Uh, it's a cloud you? Okay, service, okay. yeah, okay, it's okay, you apply for that? Or? Yeah, you just enrolled <laughs> into, you, you created actually in Azure. Cool thing is that you can take your existing Win t- uh, Intune yes. uh, packages mm-hmm. and just upload them to the service mm-hmm. and then modify some default scripts that are presented to you by the service to, to have it rolling. So it's okay, pretty, cool.
3: pretty straightforward,
1: actually.
3: Yeah. The, but I was know, gonna say, The cool part about that is some people think, oh, I need to test it. Everything needs to be a clean environment. It's not re- reflective. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is when you reuse your Intune Win, you're getting the scripts or whatever else you wrap with it. You can even upload your custom image if you're still doing custom image. It seems like a handful of people yeah. still were. So you're able to replicate your real environment as opposed to say, oh, I went to this, you know, perfect greenfield area. It worked, and then I brought it back, and it didn't work. As well and as interoperability, yeah. so you can have it installed next to MG65 apps for example. Mm-hmm. And the, the other cool part is, aside from like the Intune Win, is if you're building code and I come from the Windows developer side, you're doing like continuous integration, continuous development, you can just seamlessly do the CI-CD right into test space. So you can just make it part of your, your pipeline, so like lots of ways to reuse what you have to try to make it more reflective of your environment.
1: But if we look at applications, uh, you talked about a little bit about uh, about MSIx. Uh, is is uh, is MSIx playing a role in this area with applications that cannot be installed uh, um, because it's not working on Windows 11 instead of Windows 10? I don't know, but. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I guess I'll take this one. Yeah. <laughs> I might know a little bit about MSX. So MSX was never designed to be a, a compatibility format. It was designed to be a more containerized version and a cleaner installer, right? Basically putting an app model uh, around your app. So if if people think MSX is a way to, to get around version support issues, it's not there for that. It's just to give you a, a better experience in deployment, or if you're using something like Azure Virtual Desktop, an amazing experience with on-demand apps. Um, so doesn't really play for, for that solution. It's a great solution to just make your environment easier to deploy, easier to clean up, easier to manage, but not so much from the compatibility side. To be clear on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a misconception. It, the same thing was to be said about app V back in the day. Yep. While it might have anecdotally did that, it was never designed to support, you know if, if you, you know, if the app was built for like Windows 7, it wasn't designed to instantly make it on 10. It might have anecdotally done it, but it was it was not part of the support for it.
1: Check. Any other
2: things? Did you guys want to touch upon uh, our app app management features? Yeah, go for it. I don't know anything about it.
0: <laughs> they will be great.
2: <laughs> we, well, we, so Ramia did the. Uh, Intune presentation. Suite presentation
0: yeah. showing the new Intune mock-ups right. of what we're going to be building in terms of third-party app management. Mm-hmm. And I know John's team has some things in the works that are going to be magical around the M365 apps. And, sorry, around, got really confused there. Yeah, we are
3: doing things around m uh, Yeah, around M365
0: and different applications for AutoPatch, making sure that we have the first party, rather than you having to go to 12 different management tools to simply do... Mm-hmm update management for them, you can bring their patches all into one place and automate them with auto patch. And so these are things we're looking at. I don't think we have anything exciting or new at this time <laughs> to announce or share uh, beyond what was said in that one liner, but it's something where we know apps are important. And really at the end of the day, our goal is when you have a Windows device, I'm keeping it to Windows for now. These are small mm-hmm. dreams. Uh, if you have a Windows device, you can manage all of the updates for that device. Seamlessly in one place with one product, without disrupting your end user,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or your manufacturing process, or your kiosk, or whatever that kind of device is being used for. But that's called dreaming big. Well, m- within the ecosystem of Windows.
1: Nowadays, if I if I'm a customer and I want to use uh, AutoPatch, how it is easy, but how do I enable that?
4: Uh, you just go into uh, the um, tenant administration uh, of Intune, and then you enroll into uh, into AutoPatch. It's pretty straightforward. Um, it's going to do a readiness assessment where it will check whether uh, you have something configured in co-management, whether you have conflicting policies, policies targeting all devices, because obviously that, that would conflict. And um, then once that readiness check is done, you basically just enroll, it will ask you for a consent to build that enterprise application in an uh, ENTRA-ID because that is actually what we use. We use uh, a first grade certificate-based authentication uh, to actually operate a service. And once that is done, it's asking for two admin accounts, I believe, because obviously if there is an issue detected in the service, we need to reach out to one of the admins. Okay. And yeah, that's done. You, you just enroll, um, your ENTRA-ID groups are being created, your policies are being created. And, uh, and you can start adding devices to the device registration group.
1: Yeah, and it is now nowadays it's available for E3 and E5 licenses. It
4: was initially E3 and uh, yeah, yeah, minimum yeah. E3. Yeah. yeah.
1: So if you have that license, turn it on and see what my, uh, these people can do for you.
3: Absolutely. And if you have feedback, let us know. We want to make the products better.
1: Definitely, there is a feedback in uh, in the Intune portal, and if you uh, use that, that will be. Uh, coming directly into the team for, uh, as yeah, I guess. Or yell at us
3: on. Our <laughs> that conference like that. Nice. <laughs> Definitely.
1: So uh, if there's no other questions, yeah, a lot, but not for this recording. <laughs> um, I, st- I want to thank you for being part of, the, of this, and uh, hopefully we see uh, each other uh, in the future on this event or on another one. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.
4: Thanks.